wish to listen. Huh? I have the perfect thing for you. It's a love potion. And a mind expander. It is Baby Talk Radio. Drink up, sweeties, and all your life desires will become a reality. <laughs> Welcome back, witches. <laughs> Pulling one out for all my fallen witches. Fuck the hoes. Where the witches at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! Yay! We love Halloween. I love it. Do you have a favorite costume? Or like a Halloween... Yeah, what was your favorite costume? Oof, I've had so many good costumes because I hand make them. Yeah, okay, tell me some notable costumes. I don't have fucking IG on my phone. Um, Let me get my computer. One of them... <laughs> Because they're in archived. They're good. I've handmade all my costumes. One of them, I was an avocado, and I made a cutout, and my tummy, my computer said, my tummy was the seed of the avocado, and I had a styrofoam cutout, right? Like, I had a half dome that was a styrofoam, Mm -hmm. and then I had a brown shirt on, so I just put it under my shirt, and then I had the green cutout thing. So I was an avocado. God. I was a ducky one year, and I made a matching ducky costume. You were a ducky? Yeah, and I made my dog a matching costume. How old were you? I was like twenty-one. That's cool. I was the avocado. I handmade all my costumes. So on a sewing machine, me and my grandma made my duck costume, and then on a sewing machine, I made my dog a matching duck costume out the same material. That's amazing. And it's really good. Like it's a it was a good ass costume. So we matched that year. I was like 20 when I was the avocado, 21 when I was a duck. I forget when I was for the other years. I think I kind of skipped out on Halloween. Mm. And then last year, I was a slug. Mm. That costume went crazy. It's amazing. I'm doing my California debut of that costume. (laughs) And I'm buying more things for it. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited. What about you? Well, I don't know if I have a favorite costume, but one of my most notable costumes was in like sixth or seventh grade. I was Lady Gaga for Halloween. Love. And it was pretty incredible. I like looked up a tutorial on how to make a bow out of my hair like she used to do. And then I did the lightning bolt around my eye with all the glitter. It was early Gaga. I don't know why I thought that was, like, so cool. It was cool in its time. I look back at pictures and they make me want to cry and, like, hole up in a ball and be like, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. But it was also pretty iconic. I remember my most iconic costume now. Oh, what was it? It was a controversial costume, for sure. Oh, no. Yeah, you know which one it was. It was when I was in senior year of high school, just before turning 18. I don't even know if you should say this, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, because 
This is it my truth. Fine. It was fine. Oh my god. I have big giant jonglers and I've always had big giant jonglers and everyone has known me for big giant jonglers. Like literally like you would know me in high school like oh that's the girl who wrestles or that's the girl with giant jongs. Like oh the jong queen, right? So what I, what do I decide to be for Halloween? A Hooters employee. I decide- Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think? Were you on Halloween? No. Oh, and I was on Halloween. That's. I was the guy from Lovely Bones. Courtney! I look like him! You do not look like Stanley Tucci. Did you not see the picture? I need to download Instagram (sighs) just for this conversation. Okay, so senior year, high school. Young thing, big boobies, right? I decided to be a Hooters employee, and it was controversial because I had giant jongs. So all day long, I was getting dress coded, but then I'd put my two fingers on my shoulder and put my hands down my hip, and I met dress code. So I would literally like laugh in their face. I'd be like, Yeah, you're hating because I look good. It was controversial because my math teacher, who I had all throughout high school, who used to bully me and slut shame me every day. She saw me that day. It was the last period of the day. She looked at me and she went, oh my God. And I went, hi. And you can believe her name because she's a fucking bitch. Uh, Miss goes, oh, did your mother see you leave the house like that? My mom drove all the way to Sacramento to buy me the Hooters employee outfit from an actual Hooters establishment. So yeah, she saw it. I said, yes, bitch. She bought it for me. And then she said some shit about my mom, and then I, true Antioch fashion, blacked out and fucking fought her. Tried to fight her. I think I, like, pushed her and grabbed her and just was hella in her face, but I can't remember. And I remember my English teacher, who is amazing, pulled me off of her. And my teacher wanted to act like she ain't know nothing. But I'm like, bitch, you poke a bear for 365 days of the year, it's gonna poke you back at least once. So uh, she deserved it, and I looked hella good that day. And bitches, they saw me, they were like, I need a picture with you. Because my costume was, like, iconic. <laughs> and then my freshman year of college, I didn't get the slut memo. Like, I had... It was, like Katie Heron No, it was Girls. It was literally that yeah. scene, because I was like, oh my god, Halloween, I went trick-or-treating with Alejandra. My costume was the guy from lovely bones and i took alejandra trick-or-treating me and her and then i pulled up to a halloween party with the sfsu rugby boys i pulled up i'm not their friends at this time like i'm new in the team atmosphere like i'm new there show up i walk in all the girlies are in just a baseball jersey as a dress and their hats and they're the players and then I literally left. I le- I was there total 15 minutes. I did not get the memo. Right. Well, that's that. Um, I hope everyone has a fun Halloween. Let us know what you guys are doing on Halloween. I want to know. I want to see costume pics. I want to see decoration pics. And I want to hear a scary story. So... Yeah, or, like, what's your most fun, like, Halloween story? Like, anything scandalous happen a night out on Halloween? Like... Yeah. I'm sure you guys have stories. So you should email us. Yeah. 
Well, this is the part two of our witches episode where now we've gone through the history in our first episode. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, please go listen to it so that you can be tapped in on the history. And now we are going to be doing like a discussion of some of like our thoughts on everything we talked about. We'll be talking about where does that leave us now, how things have changed, performative witchery in the present day, and stuff like that. We have a few discussion points for this episode. Our first one is hate a woman, call her a witch. I think we started to talk about this a little bit at the fir- at the end of the- our last episode where really the hatred of women has lasted for centuries, like thousands of years in the making since the 14th century. People have been hating women and I also mentioned how things just take different forms over time and now we hate women and try to oppress them and kill them and hurt them in different ways but calling a woman a witch was really a way of doing that back in the early centuries of society. Like literally women were just trying to help other women using the knowledge that was passed down to them from women in their communities, in their families, to help support each other and support their community and their families. And men were just like, no, she's a she's a witch. Burn her at the stake and put that bitch on trial. You hate her, call her a witch. Yeah, literally anything. Call her a witch. Yeah. Like how I said last time, it's not even they're like, oh, I hate her, like, let me start a rumor. It's just how society operated at that th- at that time. They're like, God, like, I don't I don't like this woman and God, what is it about her that makes me not like her? Like, oh, she right. must be a witch, or like, oh, like she's doing something differently than like what godly women would do. Like, she has to be a witch. Like I, they're just hating using what they have, the Bible. Yeah, so it was really a few different things added up to create this witch craze, oppression and elimination of women, really. It is this strict religious nature of society at the time, which created this mass panic and anxiety about things being outside of religious standards. In addition to misunderstandings and not enough knowledge yet of what health is and how sickness, illness, and recovery take form and take shape and kind of just labeling things that were not yet understood as magic, whether that be good magic or bad magic. And then also this hatred of women and projecting problems such as men not being able to control sexual urges onto the women themselves and blaming them. It was kind of like really just using them as a scapegoat for a lot of the issues and challenges and questions that just couldn't be solved and the frustration that came out of a lot of that. Anything else on that? 
they couldn't just let my queens do their work. True. They couldn't let the witches cook, dude. Let them brew. They literally could not let them cook and heal bitches. And, like, you're right. It's totally... all. I do think, like, it's just again and again and again and again and again, a lot of violence just forms out of ignorance and misunderstanding. Yeah. And so, and not just, like, the violence against women. It's, like, every time there's, like mass violence it's like literally out of ignorance yeah not being able to relate or understand or being frustrated confused and fear like people were scared people were hella scared and like if they didn't have their answers of blaming women to be witches it was going to be someone else it could have been like a mass it could have been like goats we the goat (laughs) would be extinct you guys it would just be witch, witch, witch. Just something like it's just so crazy. But again, we also talked about like power in like communities, and it's like people who are always having less power are the people who will be taking the brunt of like the violence. Yeah. Because why? Why would a nobleman, priest, religious man be? Uh, Worshipping the devil. Like, it's just goofy. They're just hating. Also, people probably were like, oh, I hate Mary Beth. I'm gonna start a rumor and call her a witch. She didn't give me no fucking milk. That bitch. Bitch, like. That witch. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was like a free-for-all type deal. And it was just stupid, so. Yeah. So this this next point that I wrote down is this masculization of medicine, which I think plays a role in kind of eliminating women as healers, which is also kind of a part of this that we wanted to look at. Because again, part of this witch craze stems from misunderstanding and the lack of knowledge around health and illness and recovery and what all of that means. So if people were sick or if, you know, a woman came in and maybe she helped heal someone or she did something that we would now perceive as medical was then just not as understood and could be called magic, again, good or bad. So So the role of medicine and women in medicine here I think is relevant and so something to note is as medicine progressed the field became increasingly more male dominated while women were siloed into subsects of different professions such as nursing and midwifery. And a quote that I have here from one of our research articles, which of course, again, we will cite all of our sources for you so you can take a look as well. But this quote says, it became a space whereby the health profession, instead of being a caring profession, came to be seen as a part of a class system with the male figure at the helm. And so that really goes to show too that like, okay, we would put men as doctors and they would be at the top of this kind of hierarchy. And then women would be in different professions that were said to be less than, which of course they are not, but that is unfortunately the way that things are perceived and seen. I think too this quote brought up for me an interesting thought which I noticed in other articles too which is care versus cure like what does it mean to provide health care for someone 
versus how do we cure this? How do we fix this? And what is a way to kind of merge both of those things? I think as healthcare has developed over time, we have maybe lost some of the caring aspect of it that it's supposed to have. And I think that kind of represents a lot of where this discussion came from for us as well is like this this kind of lack of the holistic perspective, um, like drawing on our shared knowledge as a community and things just becoming so medicalized with men at the front. But is there anything you want to chime in on? Yeah, there's a whole 400 years gap in like the history of medicine. So that's why I think it's very like widely accepted now that West- Western medicine is fairly new in compared to like the centuries before of how we practice medicine. Like Western medicine really started coming about in the late 1800s. And again, women were not allowed to practice, POC were not allowed to like, the masculinization of medicine happened because of this 400 gap. And at the time, the only people allowed to practice and learn were men of upper class. So I think that the witch craze was very much like a big catalyst for the masculinization of medicine and also like what put Western medicine to the forefront today. Yeah, and I I wrote down this point that I think speaks to how I view this pretty well, which is instead of killing witches, there's this shift to a more systematic elimination of witches and women healers, maybe wise women, by creating an institutional healthcare system that is more so dominated by men. Yeah, like, through this masculization of medicine, they started creating what they thought is the baseline for proper health. Yeah. And it's based on the male physique, the male's health. This is where we start learning about these crazy diagnoses in the 1900s, like, or late 1800s, like hysteria. We're getting, everyone else is getting, or even eugenics, because it's not based on the model of, like, a white male's health. Like, people are just making trash medicine because it's only based on one type of person's body yeah and it's legitimately masculinization of medicine because you're then saying the woman's body and how their health is it's different from male health so therefore it is wrong it is different it's bad you're unhealthy and post late 1800s that's when really the medicalization of women's body started to happen there's at the time, doctors were really, not even doctors, hacks. People who wanted to enter the medical field but were not necessarily like anybody, really. If you were just a nobleman and you wanted to go to medical school, which at the time it's six months to two years, it varies all over Europe, which means like, it's not like today where there's like a very understood baseline for what is medical school, what do you need as a prerequisite and during to be like a legitimate doctor today. Back then they didn't have that. You could go to school for six months and then you just go, okay, I'm going to cut up hella bodies and try to discover something. And you don't even have to be an expert in that you just have to have done it the most and proclaim something that's where we get hacks like james marion sins 
Okay, like he's called. Tell us. Tell us who he is. And this is like legit medicalization of women's bodies because at the time, people are racing to be the godfather or grandfather of certain things in medicine. And he goes, you know what? I'm a fucking hack job, but I want to be someone. I want to be someone who is remembered. So what do they do? They start hacking up women in order to become the godfather. I don't know if it's godfather or grandfather. Like, I always hear the phrase. I don't Mm. know which one it is. But they wanted to become the grandfather of gynecology. And they would basically hack up all the enslaved women that they would buy they would buy hella of them he would perform surgeries without anesthetic like he was basically just butchering women and basically playing with their insides trying to be like we don't really understand how the female body works we don't understand how it really what's going on when it has a baby inside what does it look like all this and that so that's what's happening during the masculization and medicalization we had very bad doctors in the late 1800s and early 1900s. They just call him the father of gynecology. We were just talking about how we think it's weird as fuck when men are gynecologists. I don't think men should be allowed to be gynecologists. It's really fucking weird. But again, like during this time, because women or other people are different than the model of good health which is a white man at the time we do get goofy ass diagnoses like hysteria or like i just remember so learning so many things about like the early 1900s and how we had medicine did you know how they treated hysteria in the 1900s so doctors would do house calls and hysteria is basically like the woman is being so emotional that she's so unreasonable. That's essentially what hysteria was. Yeah. But, you know, I would be hysteric too if my man was beating me. I was only allowed in the private sphere, not in the public. I was actually designated property to my husband at the time. And my private sphere roles of being a mother and a wife and a caretaker were not appreciated. Like, hysteria was basically capping a bad attitude. Husbands would call. Yeah. Yeah. There's a play about this. Husbands would call the doctor and the doctor would make a house call and they would literally put a woman on a table, cover her legs with a a blanket, whatever, and would literally the women off. Yeah. They would mash, like, they would the woman for 10 minutes in in front of the husband arm under the blanket it was crazy and they actually made devices to make their job easier yeah early vibrators yes or even like doctors were giving we're getting carpal tunnel a lot during this time (laughs) so we're getting fucked up stupid ass medicine because we cop an attitude and it must be something is hella wrong with us because you need to be this this and that to be healthy aka like a man Yeah, there's a really, this is another tangent, kind of, but there's a very fascinating play in the next room, or the vibrator play, which is exactly about, like, how hysteria was treated with, like, the the early creation of vibrators. It's, It's fascinating. I think that play is very entertaining. I think a lot of this makes me think, too, 
and this is the case with a lot of societal institutions, is they were created for a lot of fucked up reasons. And a lot of times while these structures, systems, and institutions are being developed, they are not being done in a way that is inclusive, diverse, or representative of people in these communities or countries. And like, to the point too about this like father of gynecology, I I googled him right now because I was like, interesting, I'm not super familiar with him. And there's this quote that I think sums it up. It says, this is from history.com. Because Sims's research was conducted on enslaved black women without anesthesia, medical ethicist, historians or others say his use of enslaved black bodies as medical test subjects falls into a long ethically bereft history that includes the Tuskegee syphilis experiment and Henrietta Lacks. Critics say Sims cared more about the experiments than in providing therapeutic treatment and that he caused untold suffering by operating under the racist notion that black people did not feel pain. And I think this demonstrates too why our next point is going to be it all comes together to leave us where. Like where are we now? And like Courtney said earlier, something that happens for centuries is bound to have really long lasting impacts no matter what shape or form they take. And I think we still see these things. Even now, like from my understanding, a lot of medical books will show how different maybe like like skin diseases or symptoms may show up and a lot of the pictures in these medical books are on white skin, on white people. And so a lot of times people of color are misdiagnosed or not treated correctly because there there is this blueprint that is medicine that is based off of the white man. And so I think it is a really important point to talk about and I think it also goes to show that maybe I feel that a lot of like women and people of color as well will turn to each other to call on a lot of this shared generational knowledge of what works for them because the blueprint of medicine is so classist and masculine and just not comprehensive. And so I think for a lot of underserved communities, there is this kind of need to still rely on each other and the generational knowledge that has been built over time for caring for each other and manifesting health and well-being. I also think that for marginalized communities and specifically like communities of color like there's this generational fear of doctors too oh yeah yeah i do think there's still a gap in generational knowledge just because of like how society operates today we're like so advanced that like we don't trust the old knowledge sometimes that i think it puts people today who might be in marginalized communities in a tough spot like if you have that recent generational fear of doctors but then you don't have the generational knowledge that was lost through slavery or mass like killings like where you're in a rock and a hard place oh yeah and then it just adds to this another like institutionalized like you can't be healthy because we we can't let you yeah and we see this too like when i think of this and like reading that quote from the history page 
about this guy, James Marion Sims, who was like doing these experiments on black women and was more focused on the findings rather than the well-being of the women. And like how you said too, he thought that black women didn't feel the pain, which is really dehumanizing. And it is really disheartening that we still see this like carried on and on and on this thread throughout medical research and medicine and health outcomes in general like the maternal mortality rate is the highest for black women because a lot of times when black women are in labor again their pain continues to be dismissed and not taken seriously until there's no way for them to advocate for themselves anymore and leads to a higher outcome of deaths. It's really upsetting and I think that again it leaves us with how do things change but do you have any thoughts? I do think for like your question of like how do we change things I think like we're we're already we already have that 400 year gap of where a lot of generational knowledge was left. So we're kind of left with Western medicine. People are trying to reclaim shit. But I think to change things is that we need more doctors that are not just white men. I think we need to make medical school and information way more accessible to other types of people. And I think that's a big part of the conversation of women in STEM and POC in STEM. And I think too, like, yeah, I totally agree. And I... I'm aware of a lot of these initiatives to get more folks of diverse backgrounds and identities into healthcare and in the medical field. But I think like with all of this information, I am left with this question, like how, because it's, it's who, but I think it's also like the what. Like I think that healthcare as an institution is... Built on such a shitty foundation that is sexist, racist, classist. So it's like, I think, you know, there could be this, like, reimagining of what healthcare looks like. And I think it's going to include, like you mentioned, like a more, like, diverse who and people with like different experiences and identities and like changing the way that like healthcare functions and maybe even our understanding of like health and wellness and like integrating some of these more like holistic kind of practices and changing the way that it's delivered and a lot of things like that as well. And I think some of this, we have some information on like what maybe holistic health is that could help inform that concept as well that maybe you could speak on a little bit. I I also want to add to what we're already talking about though, because it's not also the who, it's like you literally said how it functions. Like even if we added these doctors, it's still not going to change the fact that Western medicine today is fully a business. Yeah. And it's from a holistic perspective, we call it sick care. And it's where Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. it's a business because you don't really treat someone fully. You, it's sick care because they keep coming back. 
and it's a business and literally it's such a business model like you can't believe it's literally like doctors damn near have quotas they do in a day shit like that it's crazy so it's this whole like it's basically like i think even though western medicine is proven to work and that's what we use now there's still we need reform period and we do need that imagining but i think one of the most important things is i think healthcare would look differently if it operated on a local level like i think it's Mm -hmm. too big as an institution and i think when things get too big like that you will always have people fall through the cracks and we need to work on having communities being better equipped in order to heal within the community yeah. Like, even when we go to specialists, you might have to go three hours away for certain doctors and things like that. Also, how fucking hard it can be to get to a specialist, depending yeah. on what kind of, like, healthcare plan you have, is, like, actually ridiculous. So, it's a lot of things, but I think it's opening up the conversation of healthcare. But I, like... Our next part, where does it leave us now? And how is this discussion of healthcare and which is related? And what like, does it bring us? Maybe like how can reflect upon this like history of witches and women healers and like what community and generational knowledge was used to work in community with one another to create healthy communities to inform like what things could look like in a more like holistic view yeah and so where does that leave us now first my the whole connection i had with this episode was that i thought of witches right we're like oh spooky what spooky witches but how i know witches is through plant medicine and not everyone knows witches like that so then i started thinking about like what the fuck like hoes are really killed over making a little tea that's crazy so i kind of want to talk about like what is holistic approach or medicine because it's really an umbrella term Mm -hmm. it's not like an actual thing there's so many subsections and it's such a more complex thing because it's really a framework of viewing things not actually this is it here's a book I mean, there's a ton of books, but it's really framework. So first, I think it's funny that it's deemed as witchcraft. Plant medicine was witchcraft hella long ago. And I know we think it's woo woo. But if you think about it today, like we have plant medicine that's in our everyday life. Like you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because food is plants. And not only that, we have herbs, everything, whatever. Plant medicine is not just herbalism. But they're kind of one in the same. You can eat not just food like from the store, but there's natural herbs, natural weeds, wild grown versions of vegetables that we eat today. And today we still see plant medicine and witchcraft like concoctions of like teas or like mixtures of medicine. But like it's been around for centuries in so many other cultures that it's huge. It's proven. You can make tinctures, poultices. All plants can be medicine, and they still have a place in medicine today. It's also a huge part of Western medicine because a lot of the pills we take today, like, are derived from plants. They're actually in the actual pharmaceutical medicine that you get from your doctor. And I also put a note that I was actually really fucking pissed 
because I wanted to Google, I Googled holistic health or naturopathy to get the definition. Like I have an understanding of it, but I feel like it helps me explain it better when I have it written. And Google was calling holistic health and naturopathy a pseudoscience. And I was just like. Who's naturopathy? We're going to get into that naturopathic no i'm saying it was naturopathy oh, naturopathy. that was specifically called suedo science oh yeah and i was just like that's stupid because even naturopathic is like kind of like a, a umbrella term as well and i wouldn't call it pseudoscience because a naturopath can also do like herbalism nutrition exercise like they do shit that can change your health and guide in guiding you and like it just was annoying to me that it was called a pseudoscience. Anyways, I think today where we're at, we're definitely seeing a resurgence in holistic medicine or naturopathic medicine. I often see it with mommy bloggers who are like, I grow my own food oh, yeah. and I make my own this and that. And like, or like nutrition guys where they're like, did you know this herb can do that? Or just homesteaders, too. There's really this resurgence because I think people are just, they're needing something else that they're not getting. And they're looking for it. I want to go more into this resurgence and why. But first, I want to explain what a holistic approach to health is. A holistic approach to health and wellness is simultaneously addresses the physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual components of health. And we kind of learn in order to be a healthy and functioning adult, we not only need to eat well, we need to be active, we need to have a healthy social life, we need to, you know, for those who go to therapy, like you need to speak to someone who can help you process what you feel and you need a safe environment to live in as well. Like these are all different things that can influence your health. And so when you approach someone with a holistic approach, you're looking at all aspects in their life. When you treat a patient, you're treating them as a whole and not their symptoms while including them to be an active agent in their health journey. Unlike when we go to the doctors, can you look in my butthole? Oh, there's a green thing take this for two weeks but they don't go like what behavior have you been doing lately or like did you eat anything funny or like how many hours do you work in a day because there's so many different things that can actually cause our body to become sick so that's kind of like how it differs from western medicine i feel like they would ask what behaviors have you been up to lately (laughs) but if you had a green thing on your butthole they ask some questions but i think like to your point yeah they don't it's not, It's you like go if, to the doctor when you're sick and then they fix you. Let's use, if I have recurring heartburn, hella, mm-hmm. they might just, they treat it that one time, but at some point they might just give me something I have to take every day instead of me, instead of them being like, can you do a food log for a month and bring it back to me so I can see what your habits look like that might be causing this issue to reoccur? That's kind of the difference. I wanted to say another thing because I, I, Courtney has like a a certificate in holistic health, so she is qualified to speak on these things. And when she's addressing these different things, like you listed physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, this reminds me a lot, like 
I used to work for the public health division in our city and like my last two years of college I managed a wellness program on campus and it was centered around holistic approaches to wellness essentially and there was like seven to eight dimensions which also included like occupational, financial, and multicultural and I think that All of these things also like tie in with social determinants of health and how there's a lot of things that need to be fixed in order to ensure that we're healthy and experiencing wellness to higher degrees because it's also like, again, if we don't have enough money to live our lives then maybe we'll engage in activities or behaviors to get more money that aren't safe or if we don't feel connected to our spirituality and that's really important then you might start to feel sad and if you feel sad it's just like a domino effect with all of these things and which is why I really appreciate like this holistic approach to health and wellness because I think it is really important and it does play a big deal in like determining like health outcomes for people. So naturopathy is more closely related to what we viewed as witchcraft back in the day Because it had herbalism and food medicine and plant medicine, things like that. But naturopathy or naturopathic medicine is a form of alternative medicine. It is a wide array of practices branded as natural, non-invasive, or promoting self-healing and are employed by practitioners who are known as naturopaths. And for those, and it's an umbrella term because there's hella different professions that can be done through naturopathy, like acupuncturists, chiropractors, um, homeopathy, Ayurvedic medicine, like hella stuff. And like, even when you break it down, naturopathy medicine can be like stress reduction, Mm -hmm. like uh, someone who helps you like identify where that is and how to cut it back, coping skills, practices, like what other things can you do to help with your stress reduction? A nutritionist that can help you with dietary and lifestyle changes, Manipulative therapies, which is like chiropractic, like stretching, things like that. Or even like psych- psychotherapy and counseling. That's falls under like naturopathic medicine. Yeah. So it's like shit that we do and that we already know is good for our health and that we probably should be doing. But, you know, I think when it relates to witchcraft, like I think the plant and food medicine is like they're hating. But... Today, I think we're seeing a shift because a lot of people have grown a distrust of Western medicine, some for good reason, some for not, you know, some people are just like, I deny science. And then some people are like, this doesn't work for me. I don't like how I feel after the doctor. Like, I don't feel safe or like, I just feel like I, I can heal myself without hella invasive procedures. And so people kind of distrust like pharma as a business, symptom care versus prevention care, treating the patient as a whole, not their symptoms, wanting little intervention, wanting to be involved in their health, like wanting to really be taught and be part of the process and not kind of like, oh, you need this, you're going to die. Like they want their options. We need more expansive health education. True. And some people just want to use natural medicine a lot. I'm seeing a lot 
of resurgence in, in this because people want to connect with nature. They want to connect with their ancestry, their ancestral diet, like part of the culture of like using natural medicine and even for ceremony and stuff. So people are researching and learning about plant medicine and naturopathic ways of healing for this reason too. Yeah. So. And I think too, like, we are also not trying to discredit things like vaccines. Like when when I'm hearing this, I'm thinking also of like COVID when we had the pandemic and then they created these new vaccines. And I think a lot of people either didn't receive vaccines or were like really fearful of the vaccines or had like a lot of anxieties or distrust in in getting these vaccinations because they were new and again throughout this like history that we've been detailing throughout these episodes and these discussions we have seen time and time again all these examples of how medicine and healthcare as an institution has deliberately fucked over people of color and women and just essentially all underserved communities and so I think that it's valid to feel anxious and kind of cautious and maybe even distrusting of western medicine and some healthcare institutions and that's really valid and I think that healthcare as a system really needs to like address those things and provide like health education to make things again like we talked about earlier sometimes the things that we don't understand like we can have a, a, a reaction to it that is not always in the best interest of people's health and safety and well-being. Yeah so I guess I just wanted to say that having that distrust is valid There needs to be better, more inclusive health education that addresses the wrongs of the past and who was wronged. And it's important, like, to to be vaccinated (laughs) and to not fully, like, discredit, like, some of these things. Like, I think it needs to be a both and sort of thing. And it is both and. Yeah. Because I have to say this. I should have said it earlier. And I don't want all you hoes that are like, yeah, Courtney's fucking anti-science. Like, yes, Courtney's anti-fuck science. <laughs> um, I'm not, and neither are naturopathic doctors. Yes. Like, you guys, I mean, I'm talking about some shit that not a lot of people talk about, but I have to, like, let it be known that naturopathic doctors do not discredit Western medicine. Yeah. Some do, but... In, in naturopathic schools, you literally have to, first of all, you have to take a pledge to treat the person and do what's right for the person because you're still a doctor at the end of the day. But one of the things they do is they go through something called the therapeutic order, which is kind of like a scale of intervention. Okay. And so when a naturopathic doctor is working with somebody, a patient, you're going from green to red. Green being, okay, I'm going through my first options and using as little intervention as possible. But then as you go through the scale, like, oh, this isn't working or I've done my evaluation on this person and they need intervention, period. Mm -hmm. So naturopathic doctors will work coincide with Western medicine 
to help their patient. They'll like say you need this medicine immediately. Let's get you cured on that. But then let's focus on the issue and why it reoccurs. So don't think that we're talking about natural medicine that we're being like, oh, like fuck Western medicine. I definitely think they can work together. And I think that is healthy. Western medicine is literally science. And at this point in time, it has been proving to work. But that doesn't mean it works for everybody. And I think people should explore what works for them. Yeah. And I think we also should do a better job at looking at naturopathic things because those have been around for centuries. Like, you're not going to say that something that worked for, let's say, 5,000 years doesn't work now because now I can take a fucking pill that gives me a yeast infection when I have an infection. What? Like um, amoxicillin. (laughs) What? You're going to take an antibiotic? Antibiotics can give you yeast infection. No, I know that. But what... (laughs) What were you saying? I lost it now, but I, I that confused me. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, um, now you can take a pill that kills your infection. It does not mean that these natural oh. ways of medicine that have worked for five thousand years doesn't mean they don't automatically work now. Because now I can go get a pill. See, maybe taking an antibiotic to cure a bacterial infection, but then it'll give you a yeast infection. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, just because, <laughs> yeah, just because I take a pill and it works doesn't mean it's not going to do fucked up shit yes, to me. I'm other gonna have, if I'm not drinking my probiotic yogurt for a week before the medication and during, I'm gonna get a yeast infection, okay? But it doesn't, like, mean we need to pay attention to what has worked and what yeah. is working. So, yeah, and if you want some stats, because I am not as, like, familiar with naturopathic medicine as a concept, so I did some research, and this was from, like, an NIH research study, and which is, I think, National Institute of Health, and this is a quote that says, Two-day research in whole system multimodality naturopathic medicine shows that it is effective for treating cardiovascular disease, musculoskeletal pain, type 2 diabetes, polycystic ovary syndrome, depression, anxiety, and a range of complex chronic conditions. So there, there is also, if you are looking for some stats or some research, research has shown that some naturopathic medicine has had positive impacts for treatment of those different conditions. Yeah, and like, I think right now, besides gun violence, um, cardiovascular disease and metabolic syndromes are like the leading causes for death in America. I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> Besides gun violence. I was like, God. They're like, you know, we're dying. We're dying. And it's not just Bitches like, are dying. Bitches are dying because we don't jog. Witches are dying. Bitches are dying. We're dying. But yeah, it's like, this shit's proven. Like, y'all all know you jog a mile, you're going to drop this. Come on now. And it's not just that. It's like, we know therapy, all of it. You guys need to imagine different ways of health. Yes. And I think I think naturopathic medicine is a good way for if you're trying to feel like you have some control in your life 
And I think it's a really good way to help you feel empowered. That's been my own experience with even with my dumbass workbooks, dude. Me just doing my workbook and me actually paying attention to like what I eat in the month. What workbook? What are you talking about? My homework, basically, for holistic health. It's homework, but it's also work that has to deal with my health. I'm doing month-long logs of my behavioral and what causes it or my eating patterns. And wow, like this day I had a really bad day of eating and I it's matching up with this thing that um, triggered me. Oh, I'm keeping a log and I'm able to like see where I don't make the change, see where I can fit it in. Even the journaling or the exercises, even just being in the class, I felt empowered and felt like I had the ability to change my life because I was giving these tools. When I go to the doctor, I know I'm supposed to eat healthy and exercise, but I'm like, How can I incorporate these things? When I have my classes and even the naturopathic doctors teaching me, it's not just do this. They can sit with you for an hour and show you how can you do this. These are different ways that it works for people. And like, why don't you try it for a week and log it? Like, it's just you're, you're very much involved in the process instead of being spoken to. Yeah. So I I love it. And all I needed to do was take one class at some point to know like, oh, I give a fuck about this. Yeah. And I'm about it. Yeah. And I want to read this quote. I wish I wrote down where it was from, but I will write that in our episode description. I, I think I know which article it's from, which is really interesting. And it basically talks about women healers and indigenous communities and you know, how those experiences with more holistic and natural healthcare practices can inform the healthcare system today. And I think this quote explains how I'm feeling. And it says, what has already been written by women healers shows that gaining equality in the Western healthcare system is no longer the main issue. Rather, there is a need for women healers Women healers now find the system itself unsatisfactory. Instead of equality, they seek massive change and the revitalization of health institutions. During this period of revitalization, these modern sisters can draw lessons from their older sisters who are healers. The traditional older women as healers seem never to have left the Mother Earth as the center of their healing experiences and practices. I just think that's nice. Beautiful. Yeah. It's nice. All to say that the hoes were hating. They were hating. Like, so, and, and I feel like century after century, women are sitting here together, kicking with their friends, being like, all to say. They're, every fucking century, bitch, we go, all to say y'all hoes were tripping. Because now look at where we're at. We were persecuted. We've always been persecuted, muter, and mur- muted. Mutilated and, and murdered. Murdered. Just be just to know now, oh, that back in the DZ, we were legitimate doctors, bitch. Because now, fast forward, the hoes are legitimate naturopathic doctors, bitch. And the plant medicine the hoes were doing, based in your fucking pill today, bitch. Y'all were hating. The way that men have been gaslighting women for centuries. Lit, dude. <laughs> the level of gaslight. And we were practicing witchcraft. But we're still doing witchcraft century later. Plant medicine, midwifery, local healers, spiritual guides. Everything that women were being murdered for, now there's a profound need for it. The audacity. The all to say. But 
all, literally all to say. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. But Vivian found some fun shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and it's interesting because we were like, okay, but like, where does this leave this? Actual witchcraft. Well, yeah, okay, and this probably happens all throughout time. There's kind of this witchy aesthetic. And for some people, it's more than an aesthetic, but I feel like in recent years, witchcraft as an idea, as an aesthetic, has kind of had this resurgence in the girlies charging their crystals in the moonlight and you know using the palo santo and the the sage to to do whatever they think they're doing with it and you know where does that land in this whole conversation call back to episode one out living an aesthetic and, like, what I found is for some people, you know, this is this is a real practice for them. And, God, what's that, like, thing that's actually classified as a religion? Wicca? Wiccan people? Wiccan, yeah. Yeah, that's actually, like, it's, it's registered as, I guess, like, an actual religion. But I didn't dive too deep into that. But I was reading this fascinating article. Oh, my God, what is it called? I need to see. It's from The Atlantic. And it is called Why Witchcraft is on the Rise. And this was in 2020. And there were just so many funny quotes that I feel like captured this idea that we were exploring. And I was reading them to Courtney last night while I was reading them because they were just so entertaining to me. And so I need to read this. Here's the first quote. It says, The coven is the new squad. There are sea witches, city witches, cottage witches, kitchen witches, and influencer witches who share recipes for moon water or dreamy photos of altars bathed in candlelight. There are witches living in Winnipeg and Indiana, San Francisco, and Dubai, hosting moon rituals in Manhattan's public parks and selling $11.99 hangover cures that adjust the vibration of alcohol so that it doesn't add extra density and energetic weight to your aura. This is why bitches hate feminists. I hate all of you. I, and I'm like, there are a few things I feel like that come up for me. I also read this article from this woman who I think, or it was an interview maybe with I believe her name was Pam Grossman, who has written a lot of books about women in society and witches and feminism and how all of that is connected. And there are some ideas that I agree with, but some that I don't. And it was just interesting because for her, this is a practice. Like this lady is in a coven. Her coven has like 20 something people in it. They all meet in someone's apartment in Bushwick and then they do a magical practice for two hours and they build this like altar with crystals and flowers and all of these things and they do their magical practices and sometimes they'll bring in items that can be used as totems and they will charge them there to keep the energy of the coven with them as they're like going on throughout their life and I was reading it and I was like okay you know what some of this I feel like I get like I understand like I 
I have crystals. They're fun to touch. They're pretty. I like to hold them. I think they're cool. I like that there is kind of this like magical feeling around them. Do I charge them? No, but I can see why someone would want to carry something with them to feel like it has the energy of the people who support them in it. And maybe for you, it can hold this significance or this grounding aspect of it for you. Like, I think that makes sense. And it's just like the way that these practices have kind of been commodified under capitalism is kind of wild like moon water or hangover cures that part feels weird to me I don't hate this as much as I just said I do but I do think it's not a good look especially when we got bigger fish to fry like I really like now we're getting into the topic of like feminism being chopped up into pieces that work for you in your life it's literally like you pick which feminist aesthetic do you like that one and we're we're still girls they's we need to get it together because we can't subsect like this okay this is a fun hobby I get it I for me what I get from this is I can relate or I think it's really beautiful that sometimes as humans, we need to make meaning out of ritual. Yeah. And as humans, we've always found ways to just create ritual. It's like song. And I mean caveman shit. This is archaic. Like ceremony and ritual is archaic. We have been doing this forever. And I think we're, you know, there's parts of us where that's just innate in our human nature. And we're kind of like in a very, we're industrialized. So we can't make that meaning the same way that we did before. And I think that's how we do it now. Personally, I think that sometimes I'm a little woo-woo. So I might have had to have some sort of ritual around something when trying to have a conversation with myself. And like, so the intention with the 20 people, I get it and I can see it and I can see where I've had to do some sort of like, Painting a picture can be uh, ritualistic for me. Yeah. And, like, the intention I put in the picture. And sometimes it just comes out like art therapy. So I get it, but I definitely think the commodification and sometimes it does give white feminists. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're hella giving a fuck about witchcraft and you feel like you're oppressed. Bitch, can you get it together? Because some of... I've... I was a WGS major. I met a few witches. That stands for Women and Gender Studies. Oh, yeah. For people who may not know. I was like, that doesn't stand for witches. Um, But yeah. And so, and then I also meet different vibes. Like, I think witchcraft is a funny, touchy subject because... Wait, you met some witches? What were the witches like? So I met, like, super ultra-queer white witches. Okay. That the POC witches were hating on. Because that's, like white feminism which is like and now we get into culture because for white culture we already ain't got no culture so we be trying to make our own culture and really find a place where we feel like we belong so i think white witchcraft is really like constructed to what works for you but all my poc kind of witchy vibes like they're like oh no this is ancestral shit like i'm trying to yeah reclaim my identity as someone who was colonized and so i practice witchcraft or even plant medicine and this is why i do it so i'd be meeting and you know what there's some hoes like me where i don't give a fuck about nothing 
I give a fuck about a lot of things, but I have no community as a mixed person. So the times that I have done ritual, like, witchy shit is literally, like, my art therapy. I need to fucking cry and, like, I need to journal and write little poems and spells in order to figure out, like, what is really going on in me. That's my form of, like, witchcraft, ritual ritual shit. I think that makes sense. And I feel like for this concept of witchcraft, it reminds me kind of how I view astrology. And I view astrology in this way as, like, a lens through which to explain feelings, observations, and... People, maybe, I guess, maybe like my impressions or something. Maybe, yeah, things like that. And I feel like witchcraft can be the same thing, or some of these practices can be some of the same things, like just ways of processing and finding things that you need. And I think the community aspect of it makes sense. Yeah, and again, like I said earlier, there is so much to this history. I would be really interested to see some sort of multicultural history or history in different areas or things like that because I think the article I was reading was also about indigenous practices and I think a lot of that would be really fascinating because I feel like a lot of that makes sense and I think too even when I think about Mexican culture I'm Mexican and like there's like the isn't it like bruja the the witch or the yeah and there's shamans the practice there's magic mans there's shamans yeah even like some people would consider a priest in santa maria like a witch yeah so there are a lot of different like this comes up in a lot of different like cultures and backgrounds as well so it's it's interesting to think about but i think this kind of like using it as an aesthetic and then like commodifying that aesthetic to make money like sucks but we're we're really lost as a human race but i feel like that's so true i mean i feel like capitalism is just made to keep people feeling shitty and isolated and then when people find things that connect them to each other they're like ah yes let's make this cost money let's turn this into a way to make profit They did the work for us. Yeah, so, and I want to read you all another quote from this article that was interesting to me on this same sort of topic. So, it reads, Casting spells and assembling altars have become quite lucrative. You can attend a fall equinox ritual organized by Airbnb. Sign up for subscription witch boxes offering the equivalent of Blue Apron for magic making and buy aura cleanses on Etsy. Instagram's reigning witch influencer Brie Luna has more than 450,000 followers and has collaborated with Coach, Refinery29, and Smashbox for which she recently introduced a line of cosmetics inspired by the transformative quality of crystals. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tricky thing. It's it's interesting. I feel like if there are things about maybe these practices that do something for you, that's okay. I think that's cool. I just think that when it becomes just a way to make money, then I'm like, eh, that feels a little like... I don't know. I titled this section performative witchery because it can feel inauthentic and performative sometimes when it takes shape like 
an 11.99 hangover cure or a you know makeup line inspired by crystals and yeah. their transformative qualities like yeah true so but it's interesting and i'm really interested to know like what you all think about it i yeah maybe there's things that you practice or things about this that you identify with I would love to know about that and what your experience is or what your thoughts are on all of this like I'm really curious yeah what's your rituals yeah drop the nighttime routine yeah (laughs) what's some goofy ass performative shit you've seen that just made you giggle or like Oh, or, no, maybe me. I want to know, what do you think of naturopathic medicine? Yeah. Like, are there ways you've been trying to take control of your health differently? Like, what are what are some things you've been doing? Like, maybe journaling is, you know, naturopathic medicine. Meditation. How have you changed exercise? Like, have you been trying to connect with your ancestral diet? I just want to, like, hee-hee and giggle and talk about it because that's fun. So yeah. send us an email, please. Please. Yeah. Send yeah. us some witch mail. How would you reimagine healthcare? I want to know all the things. Just, we talked about so much shit, yeah. but like, this I, is good. I think it was a good conversation. And yeah, we want to know what you think. So continue the combo with us in our inbox. And do you have anything else to say? Dress up as witches and send us your costumes. Oh, I was also thinking about the the Broad City episode with the witches while we were talking about this. Oh too, yes, yeah. Where Abby gets a gray hair, and then Ilana's like, "Abby, yes, you're a witch!" And then they find all of these like older witch ladies, yeah, dancing naked in the forest. Yeah. Which also, I was like, I'm so lost as a human in society. I want to do that. Yeah. That's literally white witch feminism bullshit. <laughs> like I just fuck it. I want to dance naked in the forest. And fucking read a love poem to all my girlfriends and I say, I love you. That sounds cool. And get back on my rat wheel. <laughs> Start making that money. I think some of it, too, is, like, cultural stuff. So oh, yeah. if you if you have, like, cultural practices that may also be witchy, that is okay. No, Because it can be passed down to you. Like, I remember my grandma taught me about Palo Santo and she was, like, lighting it in her house. And she says this whole thing in Spanish that I can't really remember, but it's kind of to just, like, yeah. clear the energy. But so I think all of it is centered around, like, connection and, like passing things down but my my voodoo priest would give me holy water and eggshell and it's like it's mixed together and you're supposed to crumble it up and blow it in all the corners of your house oh because that's not what i was thinking we yeah so because we used to do foster care and one girl in particular like we were having a reading and she came down the stairs and he got dead ass silent like this and he just walked watched her walk across the living room and then she went sherry why is she here? And then he was like, she has death literally sitting on her shoulder. Stop like ripping me like that. <laughs> God, guys, I'm scared. And this girl had issues. Like, she definitely had death on her shoulder. That is why she came to us. But he said he saw an actual death, like, demon-type aura actually 
sucking the life out of her and was like resting on her back and he dug through his purse and said Courtney go crush this up and blow it everywhere every fucking corner and all over her bed every corner in the house like my family still has like a glass of water at our entrance and shit like that like I don't know but you know what even if it's some voodoo bullshit it made me feel better yeah. I'm a human, like, I can't, even if, even though I'm a woman of science, I still look at a dark closet and I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the human in me, so yeah. even blowing that shit around made me feel better. And I'm human, I'm a woman, woman of science, but I still don't fuck with the supernatural, dude. I don't fuck with that shit. That's why I feel like a lot of this, you know, the witch trials started with religion, and I think coming back to this discussion about the witchery and the forms it takes now, I feel like it also calls back to things that maybe religion does for people or religion is still at play in some way of oh, this yeah. sense of like spirituality Heavily. and Heavily. like feeling like like you said like sometimes like you don't know why but sometimes doing something just makes you feel better like like doing something and setting an intention to it and I think a part of that can can be represented through this discussion of like naturopathic medicine because it's also around like setting intentions and like saying out loud maybe things that you want to have and like what that can do for you and like yeah so anyways yeah we were about to wrap up and then we started talking again but that's okay we're wrapping up again so we're wrapping up again let us know what you think this really was just kind of like an exploration of different ideas surrounding witches so you know thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us during our hiatus please Continue to do so and send us love. And we are sending love right back at you. And may you have a spooktacular Halloween. And dress like a witch. Send us pics. Please email us. Or dress like whatever you want and send a pic because I still want to see. Yeah. And have a beautiful spooky day. Have a happy Halloween. Yee!